And that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit usually reveals to you the true intent and nature of, of people before you even say hello. I hope you guys are having a beautiful midway point. I know for some of you, you know, the spirit of the Lord is revealing a lot of a lot of different things to you and some good, some bad. But, um, you know, that kind of contributes to what I'm going to talk about for today's topic, um, which is the curse of confusion. OK, um, I guess for the past three or four days, you know, I'm noticing that uh, the spirit of confusion has, has actually ramped up quite a bit in, in the body of Christ, because one of the things I don't really like about um, the body of Christ is that when it comes to all these other movements, like uh, when it comes to the world of Catholicism, you know, there's unity. When it comes to uh, the satanic kingdom, there's unity. You know, when people want to disagree, you know, they want to cause discord, they want to cause uh, strife and contention. You know, if you notice, they always preach the same message at the same time. And they always say the same thing, like from yesterday back to maybe over the weekend, I can count maybe four or five people who've called me the same words, who've all said the same thing. And it wasn't led by the spirit of the Lord. It wasn't Holy Spirit led. So I want to talk about the curse of confusion and just how exactly God deals with confusion. And I, I also in the process, if I may, I want to also help the body of Christ decipher how they know if something is of God and how they know something is not. Okay. But, um, I'm, I have a whole bunch of verses that kind of talk about confusion. You know, the Bible talks about confusion as uh, a comeuppance in many, many different places. You know, when the children of Israel did not obey the Lord's commands, you know, God, uh, struck onto them a spirit of confusion. But to start off with, I'm going to read from, I'm, a, I'm basically going to take off top right now and read exactly what, uh, what the Bible says that God will, will, will give his people. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Before I get into the deciphering of the word, I just, I want to get into a prayer. Uh, Father God, in your mighty holy name, I thank you for blessing us on to today, blessing us with the blessing of today. I thank you for your spirit, your provision, your abundance your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding. 
I pray that you forgive us of our sins and impart onto us the daily bread that we need that may serve us today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so going into it, for those of you that didn't catch it the first time, I'm going to read it to you the second time. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So right off top, you know, if there is something that you do not have necessarily have the answers on children of Yah, that means that, you know, there's a shroud of confusion that surrounds you. I was I was watching a YouTube video of two uh, well-known Christians. I'm not going to I'm not going to say their names, but they were two well-known Christians and they were debating about uh, the gift of tongues. Like if you one one Christian believed that if you were a Christian, you automatically could speak in tongues. The other Christian debated that you know, you couldn't speak in tongues and that only a certain select number of people could speak in tongues. And this is this is part of the confusion about about the body of Christ. And I want you guys to understand this. You don't necessarily know have to know that you're confused in order to be confused. And that's the issue with confusion. It'll have people believing that you know, their doctrine is holy and solid, but then nothing about it makes sense when you look at the clear evidence of their lives. Like I had a person yesterday tell me, I'm filled with the spirit. And then five minutes later, they're just enraged. They're uttering cuss words. They're doing things that indicate that they are indeed not filled with the spirit at all. And so... The spirit of confusion is one of the first penalties that God gives to the children of Israel. I'm going to read Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 20. But it shall come to pass that if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, with I, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Curses Cursed, excuse me, shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. And then pay attention to this next group, children of y'all. It says, The Lord will send on you cursing confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed it until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me for those of you that are sitting there saying in the spirit of confusion well that's the old testament the old testament no longer applies let me read to you james 3:16 for where for where envy and self-seeking exist confusion and every evil thing are there. For those of you still not convinced, I'm going to read to you 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, which is also associated with confusion, that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Quite frequently, 
you know, for those of you that know me very well, you know, I'm going to always preach a strong truth. And my truth is always going to be spirit led. My truth was not given to me in a spirit of confusion. My truth was given to me based on what the Holy Spirit is showing me in the spirit and in the hearts of other people. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And that includes the truth about other people. That includes the truth about certain doctrines. That includes the truth about everything that's happening in the world. All truth means all truth. And the Holy Spirit will always give you peace about the information that you receive from him. And so the curse of confusion, you know, it allows people to take the Bible, okay, and apply it to their own logic and think that it means what it means. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, for the natural man does not perceive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If you took someone and all they do is, is, you know, they come up with their own denominations. They, they come up with their own doctrine of what they think a certain passage in the Bible means. And then you introduce that person to the spiritual realm where in the natural realm, they believe that two plus two is four. But in the spiritual realm, God says that two plus two is 78. They can't perceive that. They can't understand that. And they're going to they're either going to try to do everything they can to apply it to their own logic or they're just going to drop. They're just going to drop the, the ideology and the theology altogether. And that's one of the problems with confusing Proverbs three, verse five says, trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then verse six says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Most people who are cursed with the spirit of confusion, a lot of times I tell, I tell them to pray. I tell them to, to, to make sure that the doctrine of Christ, make sure that what I'm saying is actually confirmed by God, but most of them don't do that. In fact, I had a conversation with a woman today, you know, we clarified some things, but I said, I sensed the spirit of confusion in her. And when I told her to go pray, she got frustrated. And here's the sad truth, children of y'all. Most Christians, when you tell them to go pray, they don't pray. You cannot be led by the spirit if you are not willing to pray about anything and everything. And you know why most Christians don't pray? Because they don't believe. Plain and simple, they don't believe. Because if you believed, see, a lot of Christians, they say that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. They say that they believe he died on the cross and rose on the third day and sent the Holy Spirit. They say that they love God with all their heart and soul. They say that they give him everything. They say they are internally grateful, but it's one thing to say it, it's another to live it. 
And the question is, do you believe it inside your heart? And most people, when it comes to the curse of confusion, it's not about how much head knowledge you have, but rather it's about how open your mind and heart is to receiving a spirit that knows more than you. And remember, like I said in 1 Corinthians 2.14, that the things of the Spirit of God are spiritually discerned. That means Google can't help you. That means YouTube can't help you. That means Bible school, Bible college can't help you. Unless the people around you are filled with the Spirit themselves, which most of the time that's not the case, you're going to study the Bible and then rather than seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, rather than go straight to the source, if any one of you is without wisdom, let him ask God and without reproach or reprimand, it will be freely given to him. Rather than go to God for the source, you do a, a quick search on Google, you click on an article, and if, it and if it registers to your own logic, you think that, oh, okay, this is what it means. I got in a conversation with a woman and... um. She was asking me a whole, a whole bunch of questions. Like she believed that the great tribulation already happened in 66 AD, which is obviously a lie. And that, and when I asked her, okay, so where is Christ? Because the Bible says immediately after the great tribulation that the son of man will come. So where is Christ? If the great tribulation already happened, she could not answer me. And that's another thing about the spirit of the spirit of confusion in 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 the in, in its members. You know, the spirit of confusion, when you ask somebody, when you yourself are filled with the spirit and you ask somebody a very simple, direct question. They're not going to give you a straight answer. They're always going to politic around the answer. It's always going to be if you ask, if you ask them, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? What the answer they're going to give is, well, the real the name Jesus didn't even come to term until until 102 B.C. in in uh, 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 uh. The, the, the name J wasn't even part of the alphabet until such and such date. That's not what I asked you, bro. I asked you, do you believe the one that you call Christ is the son of God? Well, I, I, I don't understand what your question is. It's a very simple question. It's a very simple question. And then you rephrase the question and some of them don't even don't even answer it. Like I got I got into it with someone yesterday and uh, there was there was debate about uh, my, my Facebook live about what a woman should wear and how she could conduct herself. And she and he kind of tried to flip the script on me saying saying I was demonic. So, you know what I did? I showed I showed him a picture of some pretty uh, popular uh, Christian leaders. And then the, uh, uh, the guy's wife was wearing a dress that showed, uh, how can I say it? That showed her private areas. And I said to him, would you, as a believer in Christ, allow, allow your daughter to dress like that? He couldn't give me a straight answer. Instead, the answer he gave me was, I don't have a daughter, so 
I can't answer a question that I've never I've never hype, uh, uh, hypothetically been in or something something along those lines. But I said, if you had a daughter, would you allow her to dress like that? See, here's a pro. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem with the spirit of confusion, children of y'all. Here's the problem. See, most people. They won't give up their secret sin, so they come up with a religion that allows them to control how well it stays hidden. Most people won't admit it. They're too scared. But some of them, they want to sit there and they want to tell you how your walk is wrong. They want to call you. They want to try to call you out and see and, and say, oh, you're fake. You're this. You're that. But then when you get straight to the point with them, they want to try to matrix the question. They want to try to dodge the question. And then they duck and hide. That's what, that's what most people, most people who struggle with the demonic spirit of confusion, you know, they throw their little jabs, you know, they get their little two minutes of fame and then you, and then you don't hear from them again for another two, three months. And I just went through that this weekend. I noticed that all the people who usually persecute me, they're nowhere to be found. And what does the book of Proverbs say about that? The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. That's straight up coward energy. Straight up coward energy. And the Lord has, the, the Lord has handed them a spirit of confusion so that nothing in their lives makes sense. When you want to take a practical sense at the spirit of confusion, I want to show you just how it plays out. Why do you think the worldly, they indulge in so many drugs, they indulge in so much sex, you know, uh, uh, sex out of wedlock they indulge in all and all of their selfish sinful desires and why is it that one time is never enough why is why why is that because they've allowed the devil to confuse them and think that the drugs are good the alcohol is good and so they keep drinking it, trying to escape the depression, trying to escape the sadness, trying to escape the thing that they call a uh, 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 life into this temporary reality, this temporary world where things look different briefly. And then they got to go back to the real world. And then the devil says, well, the feeling wore off. You got to come back next Friday. That's the problem with the spirit of confusion. The spirit of confusion is, is it'll cause you to, to believe in some demonic stuff. And like I said earlier, you're not going to necessarily know you're confused until the Holy Spirit reveals to you an answer that you have not encountered before. And most of us, when we're born into the world, we are confused. Even some of us who've grown in the church, we might've known of Jesus, but we didn't know Jesus. We might've read the Bible, but we didn't read it with the true reverence that it's the word of God. So we treated it as, as, as a normal book. You know, I'm kind of happy that the Lord directed my life in the way that he did by not by allowing me not to uh, uh, not to go into certain churches because there are churches out there that are led in the spirit of confusion. There are churches out there, you know, the 
the uh, it's not a man preaching behind the pulpit, but rather it's it's a woman. And, you know, the women run the church and then there's men there. And, you know, it, it's very it's very demonic. And the devil has confused these women saying, you know, the men have failed. The men have 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 not gotten the job done. Now it's our turn. And children of Yah, that's that's if you're not fully in the spirit and if you're not deep in your word because the bible says they that worship must worship in spirit and truth you need to have the truth to balance out what the holy spirit is telling you otherwise you're not going to know that the holy spirit is telling you to begin with i told a woman one time that she was confused i said the spirit of confusion was attacking her and she took it personal she took it personal. She created calamity. And she brought on others that she knew would attack me. She knew would attack me. And they wouldn't let up. They would just stay on me like glue for the next two, three days. And I said to her, if you don't believe what it is that I'm telling you, I would encourage you to take it up in prayer. But see, in her mind, she in her mind, she thought, well, this didn't really happen or that didn't really happen. So I'm just going to reject everything that you're saying. Children of Yah, that is one of the things about confusion. That is one of that is one of the main issues about the curse of confusion. You don't know what is what and you do not know if you are confused. I guess that's why the Bible says, you know, let the blind lead the blind. You know, all I can do is educate someone to the truth. But if they don't receive the truth. You know, they're going to they're going to stay in their in their ditch and they're going to be like, let leave me alone. Cause I don't, I don't really believe you. And that's, that's the problem with the, with the curse of confusion. It gets quite frustrating when you have to explain to somebody, no, this is this, not as that. And it really starts with the heart. You know, you have to have a mind and a heart towards hungering and desiring for the Lord. You may not know everything is everything, but once you read God's word, the word that tells you how you should walk, the word that tells you what is actually happening. If you see one thing happening, it leads to another. And if the Bible breaks that down, see, this is why we have God's word. So God can deliver us out of the spirit of confusion. And all those who don't believe in the Holy Spirit, they don't believe in the word of God. They don't believe that the word was made flesh naturally they're going to be confused anyway because they're going to make a bunch of series and decision a bunch of uh, 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 the decisions and they're going to take chances and when those chances don't work out or they don't fulfill their hearts to their uh, uh, desire they're going to slip into a depression and they're going to wonder why hasn't anything worked? It's like in the dating, it's like in the date in the dating realm. When you ladies, when you find a man, men, when you find a woman, a woman, and according to your own logic, you think that, oh, this woman is good. You know, I'm, I'm going to marry her. This is the person I'm going to commit myself to. And then you have sex and you tie your soul with her. But then when you go down the road, 
You find out that she's manipulative. You find out that he's abusive. You find out that she has an attitude problem. You find out that he likes to drink. And then you go through a heartbreak that pretty much dies easy. And then you're sitting there saying, well, I, I, I don't get it. Like, like, like the person that they showed me was, was complete. It was a completely different version. Like, I don't understand why, why, it, why everything wasn't what it was. And I'll tell you why, because you were led in the spirit of confusion. You were led, you were led, uh, the person that they showed you was not the real version of themselves. But see, when you, when you have the spirit, when you're, when you're spirit led, when the choice to date or marry a particular person is spirit led, what they're going to show you is what is the truth inside their hearts. If they struggle with a porn addiction, the Holy Spirit's going to allow you to see that. He may not tell you to reveal it to them yet because they got to work out some things, but the Holy Spirit's going to allow you to see that. If you struggle with a person that has an attitude issue, the Holy Spirit will also show you that. And you know something too, anything in terms of light and darkness, if a person is filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to show you about this person long before you even have a conversation. Most people say, well, I got to get to know them in order to make that determination. Yeah, but by the time by the time you get to know them, three months, six months down the line, and you've already, let's be honest, you've already slept with them, you've already had sex, you've already kissed, you know, and you've traded your demons to them, they traded your, they traded theirs, and now you're eyeball deep in it and you can't break free. By the time that happens, you've already compromised yourself. And what does the Bible say? Do not be conceived for evil company corrupts good habits. What does the Bible also say in, I believe it's first, is it first John? It might be, it might be second John. Yeah. It's second John, uh, chapter one verses nine to 11. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the father and the son. For if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. So if the spirit of confusion is allowing you to say, no, 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 I'm going to make the determination myself as to whether or not this person is good or this person is bad. And then you find out that the person is good or the spirit of confusion confused you into believing that this person is good. And then you got into it with them. Now, all of a sudden, according to the Bible, you shared in their evil deeds. You are now part of the evil that you tried to determine whether or not was evil from your own understanding, from your own perception, not the perception of the Holy Spirit. And that's the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit usually reveals to you the true intent and nature of, of people before you even say hello. You know, the Holy Spirit might lead you in a, in a crowd of people you know, you could look at someone and say, oh, no, not them, because the Holy Spirit showed you, revealed to you something about them that was a wicked nature. Or you could look at one person, you could look in their eyes because the Bible says, don't forget, 
and that and the gospel of Matthew that the eyes are the windows to the soul. You could look at them and say, hmm, hmm they got some they got some good things about them. Like I, I could see the light in them. And then the Holy Spirit will literally reveal to you a future regarding them, a future, a past, a present, what their strengths are, what their struggles are, you know, what their, uh, 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 you know, just how they are as a person. Because the one common denominator I get, you know, God has blessed me with the gift of discernment. The one common denominator I get when it comes to people struggling with the spirit of confusion is, you don't know me, bro. You don't know me. You think you know me? You don't know me like that. Uh, newsflash. When you're filled with the spirit, you don't need to know the person in order to determine what is in their hearts. That's why the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what righteousness has fellowship with lawlessness and what light has communion with darkness? And that doesn't just extend to dating children of Yah. That can extend to your uh, your relatives, um, you know, your your leaders in life, your mentors, your spiritual counselors. Like you could be counseling with someone for eight years, and you might like the person, but when you study and learn the truth for yourself, when you learn to condition your mind and your heart to the Holy Spirit and you receive the Holy Spirit into you and you carry that discernment wherever you go, you might see some things about the pastor that you might not have ever seen before and he hasn't let the lid off yet. Like you might, you might see the pastor has a drinking problem and the Holy Spirit shows you and you see like a you see like a little hint of darkness in his eyes and you kind of twist your head a little bit. And then you ask him, Pastor, you got a drinking problem? And he goes. You know, he kind of he kind of pauses a little bit like like. That, that, that was that was kind of random, but in his head, he's like, oh, no, like how, how did how did this person know that that this is what they were thinking? And then you add, and then they ask you, well, how, how did you know? And then they go, uh, the Holy Spirit told me, you know, you've been drinking for the last eight months. What's going on? Uh, you know, they, they, they might, they might, you know, try to recover any kind of plausible deniability they have. But in that moment, you know, they know that you have that look. And the Holy Spirit allows you to be completely locked into that person. And I don't want to just focus on the dark stuff, you know, the light stuff. You know, you could you can look at a pastor. You can look at someone who's mentoring you. This is just one example. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon you or you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you look in their eyes and you can see the true intent of their heart to say, wow, pastor. You're really. You really give it everything you have. Pastor, you're tired. You've been doing this for the last nine years. You know, since you were a kid, you've always wanted to help people in, in, in dire circumstances and situations. And you always wanted them to know the love of Christ. And that could be cliche, but you could take it a step further. You could be like, Pastor, you know, I know you've been having troubles with your ex-wife, but the spirit is showing me that you have a crush on somebody in the congregation of in the in the body you have a crush 
on your bookkeeper. Well, how did you know that? The Holy Spirit led me to that answer. And it doesn't have to be about people, children of God. It can be, it could be situations. Like, for example, if you have the spirit of confusion and you're looking for a car and you walk into a car dealership, the spirit of confusion is going to blind you and blind your discernment to the truth about people and the truth about what it is that, and the truth about the car that you're buying. So, you know, you could allow someone who's filled with darkness to convince you that this is the proper car to get. But when you get the car, you find out that the car is a financial pitfall. You end up upside down on a car loan if you take out a car loan. And then when the car breaks down, you know, it's almost like, it's almost as if the people at the dealership don't know you. But if you're filled with the spirit and the spirit says, don't buy that car. You walk right out of the dealership and then two days later, you might find out that the dealership has a major lawsuit going on. You might find out that that car that you were considering buying was what, what was what, what, what's the term? What's the terminology for a, a broken down car? A hoopty. You find out that it's a bucket of bolts. So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you guys a story. So I was dating someone back in 2014 and they wanted to buy, they were eyeing, what was it? A two, a 2009, 2010 Nissan Maxima. It was a hybrid. And so I looked at the car and, you know, something told me today, today I know it was the Holy Spirit, but something told me, uh, I, I don't know about this car, man. I don't, I don't know about this car. But I said, but she was all excited and I knew she was, she was wrapped up in the emotion, but I saw it from a different perspective. And then when we got to the dealership, we saw the car, we took a look at the car, you know, the salesman was there and I looked in his eyes and in his heart and he didn't have the best intentions. He tried to be a, a, a nice guy, but you know, he tried, he tried to slick his way, the spirit of confusion said, okay, she don't know nothing about the car. She's buying the car. I'm going to focus in on her. He's not really here. He's just here to watch. So he opens the car up. What is it that we find? We find that it literally looked like somebody was living in the car. This is one of them secondhand dealerships. It literally looked like somebody was, was living in the car. And I said, like, what's all this stuff doing in, in the front and the center console of the car? Oh, my boy borrowed it. You know, he he took it for a drive, make sure it was OK. All right. Let me let let's pop the trunk. We pop the trunk and it's somebody's dirty laundry. It's like it's full, it's, it was full of like thongs and stuff. I'm like, what is this? Oh, he he took the car over the weekend, did his laundry and forgot to take the laundry. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, man. Ugh. But you know what? I give this guy the the benefit of a doubt. And the one thing he doesn't ask us to do is to turn on the car. So you know what I did? I said, well, let's turn on the, let's, uh, let's hear how she sounds. So he went, he goes to get the keys and then we start, we start the car up and then maybe about a second and a half later, you know, the car does the, but a second and a half later, the car makes a noise like, I'm like, 
what do, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? What? I'm like, what's going on? Oh, she hasn't been started up in in a, in a couple of days. You know, she's good. I'm like, uh-uh, man. Cars don't sound like that after a couple of days. And so I said, all right, let me see the car facts. And this is where the guy gave me the biggest amount of resistance. Let me see the car facts. And he didn't want us to know that the car had actually been in some serious trouble. And so he, we go in the office after maybe about a minute or two of debating with him over the car facts. He goes, hey, Donnie, is the printer broken? Is, is something going on with the printer? Yeah, something's going on with the printer. We can't, oh, oh sorry, chief. We can't print out the car facts for, for you. I said, is it on the computer screen? He said, yes, sir. I said, get up. So he gets up. I sit in front and I, I, I take a look at the car facts and then I say, okay, thank you. And then I say, come on, blankety blank, let's go. And then she got mad at me when we got in the car. I said, listen, don't let these people confuse you. These people, if you give them emotion, they're gonna confuse you. You can never walk into a dealership heightened on emotion. You have to always be objective. And if you're filled with the spirit, children of y'all, you're gonna know exactly how to respond. Some, for some of you, you're put in situations where maybe you're doing a public event and you're, you're the company speaker or you're the event coordinator or something like that. And you're like, well, I don't know how to, I don't know what to say, or I don't know I've never really done this before, or it could be, it could be anything, you know, it could be, you, maybe you've never been in a certain situation before and you're nervous. Being filled with the Holy Spirit means that God will literally give you the download. He will literally give you the words that you need to speak in that moment. And he's going to lead you through a situation if you trust him. Because the Bible says, trust the Lord with all your heart. And the Bible says, acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. The Bible also says in the book of Psalms, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. And so having the Holy Spirit means that God is going to God is going to lead you to make certain decisions and situations you've never been in before, and he's going to give you peace about it. Because don't forget, the scripture I read to you was in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. But if you're, but if you're cursed with the spirit of confusion, what that means is, you're going to rely on your own logic. You're going to rely on your own willpower. You're going to rely on your own understanding. And what you're actually going to end up with is a very, very messy situation. And you're going to have to answer for a lot of different things that you don't even necessarily have, have the answers for. Or you might be led that Every, you might be led by your own logic, logical thoughts and conclusions that everything is okay and everything is right so that when you go into the situation, you have a wrong readout of the situation. 
And that wrong readout will cause you to make some decisions that the other party might believe is foolish. You could be going in a date and you could be thinking, you know, you could be texting each other and they could be sending you emojis and smiley faces. But what you don't see is their spirit of confu there's a spirit of confusion there. What you perceive as this person likes you, what they perceive could be, it could be that that's just how they normally talk. So you might go into the date being way forward than you ever intended because you thought that the other person liked you. And then what you actually do is rather than ra rather than you think, oh, the date is going to go well, you know, they're going to be uh, uh, they're going to be amazed. They're going to be wowed and I'm going to get the kiss and all that kind of stuff. They actually end up being creeped out because you were too forward, but you didn't perceive that because it was a spirit of confusion that led you to disaster. But in that same situation, being filled with the spirit means the spirit will reveal to you the truth about that person. The spirit will reveal to you their strengths, their weaknesses, what good they've done, what bad they've done. And you especially want to know what bad they've done. You especially want to know if there's light or darkness in them, especially if you're a Christian and you're looking for someone, uh, you're looking for a marital partner and they say they're Christian. But if you have the curse of confusion, if you have the spirit of confusion, it's going to be very difficult for you to tell because you know, I, I used to date someone who said that they were Christian. And so, you know, what they said to me was, Jesus is my homeboy. And I just thought, I didn't think nothing of it. I thought, well, okay. But when I was giving them Bible scripture, see, I didn't, I didn't analyze the true intents of their hearts. Because um, the one thing I noticed about them was that they had a lot of fear and anxiety in their lives. And, you know, they were into some some things that they had no business being into if they were uh, since they said they were Christian, like they were into chakra, they were into yoga, they were into feng shui. But me being led in the spirit of confusion, I wasn't pri I wasn't privy to knowing the difference. And so but I did have a lot of Bible knowledge. So when I gave that person Bible knowledge, what they 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 didn't understand what I was talking about. But what they actually ended up telling me that led to kind of, you know, the demise for uh, me seeing that person, what they said was the Bible is an old and outdated book. It's time for a new age. And that kind of turned me off. And, you know, something, too, they turned they told me that on my birthday. And so you know, I had a whole bunch of series of emotions. I, I, I went from confusion to anger to rage. And, you know, I was very, I was very offended that they said that needless to say, you know, that didn't last too much longer, but that's the difference between the spirit of confusion and the spirit of God. That's the difference between a curse and a blessing. A curse is always going to give you pain, torment, suffering. And when you have a fear and an uncertainty of the future, it's because in all likelihood, it's because you are led in a spirit of confusion. But until you come into the presence of the Lord and you inquire 
of your situation. See, the one thing that the Bible says is in Jeremiah 33, 3, he says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. And some of you are sitting there saying, yeah, but I'm calling and calling and calling, but God isn't answering. Well, then you got to follow a, a biblical principle. And you got to analyze the conduct of your heart. You got to ask yourself, is my mind right? Is my heart right? Am I truly giving my all of my mind and my heart to God? Or am I just using him as a fire extinguisher? If I'm spending my life living for me, then he's going to know that and he's going to ignore me. He's going to know that every single request I ask of him is going to be so that my flesh gets fulfilled. And that's something that each and every one of us must examine within our own hearts to determine that. But if you're filled with the spirit, there's going to be without a shadow of a doubt you're going to get an answer that's crystal clear. You're going to get peace about that answer. And even if you need confirmation of that answer, God is going, going to send you the confirmation for whatever it is that you need, like he did with Gideon. Gideon asked God, you know, several times, God, are you sure? Are you sure this is what me to do? Are you sure it's me? Are you sure it's me? Are you sure it's me? And then God gave him the confirmation and that gave Gideon the confidence that the spirit he heard was indeed the spirit of the Lord. And then we see the shift from Gideon going to confusion to confidence, from, from curse to courage. And then he ended up saving Israel for the next 40-something years. I want to read to you Psalm 61 to 4. Oh God, you've cast us off. You've broken us down. You've been displeased. Oh. Restore us again. You have made the earth tremble. You have broken it. Heal its breaches for its shaking. You have shown your people hard things. You have made us drink the wine of confusion. You have given a banner to those who fear you that it may be displayed because of the truth. Children of Yah, this is one of the first things that God bestows upon all those who curse his name confusion and to those who are believers they're going to clearly see that within you that's why sometimes when people try to engage with me and they try to get in arguments with me and you know they they try to prove their doctrine and they send me articles and stuff you know, I can clearly see that they're confused and I can clearly see that their confusion has led them to a spirit of pride and idolatry and they're not going to receive anything that I say. And so that's how I know that the truth that God, that the Holy Spirit has told me is indeed the truth, because it says that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And in 1 John 2.27, it says that the same anointing which abides in you teaches you concerning all things and is, and is not a lie and is true. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No one goes to the Father except through me. This is why I tell a number of different Christians, even with my own, do not accept 
anything that anybody says as biblical doctrine until you confirm with God's word and until you confirm with God himself that this is indeed the word. The Bible says, treat every man a liar. First John 4, 1 says, my beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits as to whether or not they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. And the only way, children of Yah, that you can test the spirit is by the spirit. Yeah, you can ask somebody questions, but they can easily lie to you. There, there are some gifted, there are some skillful liars. I'm not going to say gifted because it's a curse. There are some skillful liars out there. Like they, they not only have the words down, but they also have the nonverbal communication down to allow you to believe that it's the truth. And for some people, the curse of confusion, it's either in them and they sleep with it. And some people, they're very, very good at convincing you, allowing you to believe what you want to believe. You know, I have my own fair share of, of liars in my life. But thankfully, you know, because I'm filled with the spirit, I can quickly determine as to whether or not they're lying. And sometimes I don't say anything because I want to let their lie play it out, play out. And the cool thing about it is, you know, when it comes to exposing lies, you know, you don't call it out right then and there. You let them build a case for themselves because the problem with lying is you got to tell a thousand other lies to, to, to cover that one lie you told up. And the spirit of confusion has led all liars into thinking that if they lie, they, they protect themselves. You know, they don't have to risk exposure and nobody has to see who they really are. But the truth of the matter is when you lie to someone who's filled with the spirit, you expose yourself. Remember Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, they stole from the church. And then when Peter questioned them on it and Peter was filled with the spirit at the time, they lied and then they dropped dead right then and there flat on their faces. And this is the problem with the curse of confusion. So for those of you, I know, I know a lot of people, they believe some wonky things in the body of Christ. That's the one area we can never have unity in for one reason. Like we can never agree on one thing. It's always, well, in 66 AD, Christ already came. The great tribulation already happened. And we're just kind of here. The devil's reigning for a thousand years. You know, a lot of people believe in some wonky stuff and they're not filled with the spirit. But the problem is most people don't know the difference. They don't know the difference between someone who's filled with the spirit and not filled with the spirit. They don't know the difference between their truth. They, they, they don't know. They think that it makes sense to them. And so it means what it means. But Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And when I hear people talk, like I've heard pastors talk, I've heard ministers talk, and the Holy Spirit is tell is giving me the red flag. And I'm and sometimes I have to tell these people, like, listen, there's a spirit of death surrounding what you're saying. Although I I love you and I want to see you get challenged and grow in the body of Christ, but there's a spirit of death surrounding what you're saying. And because, because I'm well-versed in the truth of God's word, whenever I hear somebody say something, 
I, I automatically associate it in two different directions, Bible or not Bible. If it's Bible, I agree. If it's not Bible, I question them on that. Like, how did you come up with that conclusion? How did you, how did you come up with the conclusion that, you know, not every single believer can speak in tongues? How did you come up with the conclusion that the way Adam and Eve got married was by saying, I do at the altar? How did you come up with the conclusion that Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding and everybody saw this miracle at the wedding when the Bible says no one knew where the wine came from. And on top of that, it also says that even though he was invited, the mother of Jesus was there. How did you come with, how did you come up with that conclusion? And that's the problem, children of Yah. Most Christians, they sad to say they don't read their Bibles, but they want to question you because they've heard a different They've heard somebody preach something different in church. They've heard somebody preach something that sounded nothing like what you're preaching. And so when they hear it for the first time, their first reaction is anger because they themselves don't know inside their hearts. And when you're and when you're cursed with the spirit of confusion, when you're cursed with that uncertainty, you're very angry. You get very frustrated because you don't know which way is left. You don't know which way is right. You don't know up from down. You don't know good from bad. Your discernment is warped. Your discernment is cursed. And you actually have no discernment. I might have used that word several times when, like, for example, when people like to tell me, judge not, like, who are, who are you to judge? Read your Bible. The Bible tells us to judge in like eight or nine different places. Like even 1 Corinthians 2.15 says, but he who's spiritual judges all things and is rightly judged by no one. I believe in John chapter seven says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Yep, John chapter seven, verse 24, Jesus says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And children of y'all, real quick touch on that. What it means to judge righteously means to bring people into accountability. But see, people fear accountability because they fear that they're gonna find out a truth that's gonna ultimately compromise their life, which it will which it will. But see, most people don't understand is, and the curse of confusion has allowed people to believe this, is that most of the time when you, when the truth is revealed to you and you reform and refine your mind and your heart towards the things of the spirit of God, that power comes immediately. Identity comes immediately. Discernment comes immediately. Truth comes immediately. Love comes immediately. And your whole and you feel like you've reinvented your whole self through the blood of Jesus almost literally overnight. It's incredible. It's incredible. And that's the truth, children of Yah, that I want each and every one of you to come to. I pray that you cast out the spirit of confusion. I pray that even though you do not, you may not believe you are confused, that you come to the cross anyway, and you ask God to cover whatever it is that you lack. And he might tell you the truth about someone you're dating. He might say, sis, that man you're dating is into pornography. He might say, sir, whatever your name is, sir, 
your best friend has been eyeing your wife. It's, I'm, I'm getting a lot of stuff with the spirit of adultery. And the Holy Spirit is always going to tell you a truth that's going to go against the curse to confusion. It's always going to tell, he's always going to tell you a truth, excuse me, that will go against your flesh. So you might be dating someone and the Holy Spirit will be yelling at you saying, get away from this person. And you're sitting there saying, no, it's going to work. You know, I'm going to make it work with them. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, 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 you know, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to give up on them. And they tell you several thousand times. Now it has to be a violent ripping apart and the both of you break up in the worst way possible. And you're spending the next five or six years healing from it in the curse of confusion. But see, if you're filled with the spirit, five or six years turns into five or six minutes because you understand that there is a greater plan at play. You understand that not everything was what you thought it was, and they might not have been a genuine person to begin with. They might have been extremely disingenuous. I pray that each and every one of you cast out the spirit of confusion. I pray that I pray that each and every one of you do not fall prey to an imagination that exalts itself against God. I pray that each and every one of you do not fall prey to your sins and your lusts and your desires. Otherwise, you're definitely going to be confused. And when someone preaches a truth that actually the Bible supports and the Holy Spirit bears witness to, that you might not get mad because most people do. You know, if you know, most people, they get mad because a part of what they do, a part of their nature is exposed and out into the open. And that makes people feel some type of way. I pray that none of you find yourselves into that. You always pray. The Bible says men ought to always pray. I pray that you pray without ceasing. Always ask God for his wisdom, his knowledge and understanding. Always ask God, where is phase two? Where is square one? Always ask God, where do we go from here? Allow God to show you the path. The more you think about God, the more you think about his spirit, the more you think about the book of Acts power that says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will preach to all ends of the earth. When The more you think about that, the more God thinks about you. The book of James says, draw nearer to God and he will draw nearer to you. But before you do that, it involves a cleansing of the heart. You have to literally rid your heart of all things attached to your flesh. And the spirit of confusion, children of Yah, is very much attached to your flesh. To your flesh. And you have to be willing to kill that at the cross and follow the ways of Jesus. And he will direct you. He will show you where the water is and he will give you peace. But guys, that's all I have for today. Let me take a look at the comments. One person, uh, Smith Jean, God bless you, sister. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you who are tuning in on Facebook Live, this will be available on my podcast platform shortly. For those of you tuning in from YouTube, this will be available 
on my podcast platforms. For those of you tuning in on Facebook Live, this will be available on podcast and YouTube. It'll take some time. Bear with me. But I love you all. Go so in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. And God bless you all. Have a good evening. Thank you.